Hello and welcome back to Torsky Tuesdays. I am your host. By now, you hopefully you know my name. We are on page 147. We are starting step nine today. Just a shout out again to people that have been so supportive and reached out and sent me emails, uh, critiques, what to do in the future. Talking about the future, we will be finished in probably another two, three episodes. We will be finished this entire book. So I have some other ideas regarding Torsky books to do, Dr. Torsky books to do. Uh, I've narrowed it down to four of them, and I would like other people's opinions about which ones to do. I would like to stick to more th- to the philosophical and spiritual books for, of Dr. Torsky, even though he's got a plethora of other books. But the ones I've narrowed it down to, and I'm not even going to say which one I'm leaning towards. So if I uh, hear from other people, maybe we'll change that up. But he wrote a book together with uh, Craig Nacken, Addictive Thinking and the Addictive Personality, Understanding the Addictive Process, Compulsive Behavior, and Self-Deception which is a phenomenal, phenomenal book, originally pu- published by the Hazelden Foundation, uh, which is based in Minneapolis. And I think it's something that by just going through these topics of what's through the concepts in the thinker, in, in their mind, rationalization of things, manipulating others, addictive logic, development of the addict, um, how addicts treat themselves and others, stages of addiction, those things I think are so uh, important, so relevant today, not just when he was writing this regarding drugs and alcohol, but nowadays having so many more things that we're dependent on, or it's possible to be dependent on. I believe this could be a phenomenal, phenomenal book to do. Um, as someone that was originally trained in the addictive world, that was a real eye-opener to me. Then there's another some, a book, very similar, but I think so many great lessons to learn over here. Um, it goes through so many different examples, uh, specifically that uh, Robert Torsky has himself experienced. And it's called Self-Discovery in, the, in Recovery. And it goes through a lot of his own, uh, I guess you could say, discovery. And also written by, by Hazelden. Great, great, great book. Um, this was one of the first books I actually owned of his and is originally published, I think it's 1984. So on the older side, but still very, very, very relevant. Then we have one of his famous books, and I would say this is the one that I tried reading as a kid because I thought, you know, oh, it has comics inside. But this is a book that he wrote. I'm not sure what year it was, but this is through a... Well, the book is called When Do the Good Things Start? It's a gray, soft-covered book from Topper Books to get written together with Charles Schultz, the famous Charles Schultz, the creator of Peanuts and Charlie Brown and Snoopy. And I think this is a phenomenal book. My one hesitation with this book is because of the fact that it is involved in comics... How would that come out on a podcast and a recording? How would that work exactly? So that's my hesitation to read this book. And then we have the other book that is very near and dear to my soul, just because of the topic. One of my favorite topics to talk about, both as a therapist and, well, as a parent. It's called uh, Positive Parenting, Developing Your Child's Potential. That's written together with, uh, Dr. Torsky wrote that together with Ursula Schwartz. 
So we have positive parenting. When do the good things start? Self-discovery in recovery and addictive thinking and addictive personality, which is technically two books in one. So people, please reach out. Let me know what your thoughts are. You can reach me, you can email me at koshercounseling at gmail.com. Also, one more thing, you know, I'm a long announcements over here. Um, I am actually looking for a producer and an editor for my podcast. If you have any ideas, any suggestions, or you yourself might be interested in doing something like this and have some samples that you can send me of things that you've done, please reach out to koshercounseling at gmail.com. Any suggestions? I know um, having met a few people, about three or four that are listening to this podcast, they've recommended going to Fiverr.com, who is not a sponsor of this podcast, but hopefully I can actually speak to someone live and through email, maybe have a, a meeting to see if it's something that we can work with together. But any suggestions, please feel free to reach out, koshercounseling at gmail.com. Okay, so here we are, step nine which is, I will work to keep setbacks from discouraging me. Honestly, as I read that, I am thinking of, and I actually had an opportunity to uh, look this up beforehand, but think of Kobe Bryant, uh, the basketball player, who famously talks about overcoming uh, discouraging setbacks and stuff where he said that hopefully it'll inspire them to understand that overcoming is a part of the deal, part of living. When you are faced with those types of challenges, you have two options. One, you can shy away from it, do nothing about it, or you can rise to the challenge. Doesn't matter if you are a basketball player or a writer. We all have obstacles. Hopefully, what we'll do here is inspire everyone else to do the same in that situation, which I think is exactly what we're going to be talking about over here. Um, this specific quote has been talking about because of the injuries that he had towards the second half of his career. And I think that's exactly it. You really have a choice about what to do. But going to Dr. Torsky over here, spiritual growth is really a smooth ascent. There are many, he has in parentheses here, slips along the way, but rather than be dis- discouragements, they can be learning experiences. And that's actually something that I say in my practice all the time. And that's through the concepts and the learnings of DBT. When a person is climbing a mountain, sometimes you have to go down in order to continue going up. Now, does it mean you're going down? No, you're not going down. But you're finding a better footing so that you can go higher. I think when it comes to setbacks, it works the same way. They're not discouragements, but they are learning experiences. We don't make mistakes. We only have learning experiences is what DBT teaches us. It's only a mistake if we don't learn from it. Continuing on over here, one sub-zero winter day, I needed a a Tumele letter at the post office. My car would not start, but since the post office was just several blocks away, I decided to walk. I knew that there were icy patches, so I proceeded cautiously. However, despite my careful steps, says Dr. Torsky, I slipped and fell. I got up and walked the west of the ray. No fractures, just bruises, but this time I was much more cautious. The incident taught me two things. First, although I had fallen, I was still two blocks closer than my destination, meaning, which is such a great line, because anytime you have a setback, that means, okay, I'm still, I'm still closer than I was when I first started this journey, and that's regarding anything, whether it's starting a new project, a new painting, starting a new book, or starting a new career or something. I was not back at home, 
the two blocks of progress before the fall could not have been taken from me because I already did them. Any effort you put in, no one can say or do anything. It's just you in that sense. This, the second part of where he says, secondly, I realized that what I had thought was adequate caution was, in fact, not enough. I learned that I need to be more alert, or as we say in the therapy room, have more awareness. The more awareness we have, the lot easier other things can, can be for us. Pretty much anything can be for us when we are more aware. This is equally true of spirituality, says Akatorsky. If you are able, for example, to keep from flying into a rage when provoked three times in a row, but lose your temper the fourth time, that does not take away from the progress you have made. And I think that goes a very long way. And this is something that maybe, well, depending on which, which book we choose, we might talk about in, in our, our next book that we read together. I talk about this in my practice a lot. If you've had 20 years of sobriety, but yet one slip-up, that doesn't mean you lose your 20 years of sobriety. You have 20 years of sobriety. And by the way, that goes for someone that has one day, or one year, or 20 years. You still have that control for those amount of times under your belt. The last incident, uh, incident notwithstanding, you are still in a much better condition to manage your anger than you had originally been. Furthermore, you are in a position to analyze this fourth incident and see what kept you from being able to control your angry reaction. Basketball players take the same shots and they go through the same practices over and over and over and over. Giving another example here from, from Kobe Bryant, he was notorious for going over and having really intense gameplays of what was happening constantly. He took the same shot thousands and thousands and thousands of times. Why was he doing it again? Because maybe it could be a little bit better. Maybe my elbow needs to be a little bit closer to me or maybe a little more perpendicular to, to the ground. Maybe I, let, I, I released too soon and if I just would have waited for my jump to, to be at its peak, it would have been a lot, a lot easier for me to, to take that shot. So going through something three, four, five, six, ten times and then you get to that point where now you can do it, there's nothing better than that because you worked really hard to get to that point. And by the fact that if you're saying over here, if you were quiet for the first three times, that's awesome. So the fourth time you couldn't hold it in, great. Next time, let's make it five times. And then the sixth time, if you let go, say, hey, I still make growth and progress here. What you learn will help you avoid similar reactions in the future. I think this is, again, I know I keep on digressing here a little bit, but I think of driving in New York, in New York City. Um, I don't try to do it often. I actually try to avoid as much as I can, but just the concept of it, you become a certain type of driver when you know how to deal with it. I personally don't know how to do that. And I'm that guy that lets, has no problem letting people in, has no problem smiling and just being a little more on the relaxed side. Now, that doesn't fit for most New Yorkers. So the more you do it, though, the easier it can be in a certain way. This is where keeping a journal record can be extremely valuable, says Dr. Torsky. When you experience a setback, rather than giving in to discouragement, use your journal to help you analyze what went wrong and what you might learn about yourself from that situation. Then consider what you will do differently the next time. Okay, so you went through something, you messed up. Okay, so what can you do differently the next time? And that's how a person gets to a place of growth. Having this written record will not only help you 
stay on track in the future, but it will also help you see the progress you have made. The story that I think about as, as we just finish you know, step nine over here, uh, I did have at one point a professional football player in one of my groups, and he was given this recommendation, I want to say in the early 1970s, to have a journal and talk about how his addiction that he had at that point, which he ended up having to leave professional football because of it, but at that time, he was told to take a journal to sort of help deal with everyday experiences. And what he said was, in 2005, his, to, to celebrate 30 years of sobriety, him and his wife took a vacation, and they brought along all his journals, and they read them together, which I thought was a really cute, nice idea. And he said the things that would bother him that his wife would do, small little things that he said, were the biggest rage and, and biggest instigator to, to fill out anger inside of him that ticked him off in the, in, when he was a, an athlete and when he was just starting to work on his addictive behaviors that he had. He said it was night and day. He said if that thing happened today and my wife did that, he said that he would chuckle just to think the fact that he would actually get upset at her. No, that wouldn't happen anymore. And he said it's pretty cool when you get a chance to look back and see something that was so bothersome and such an issue 25, 30 years ago. And today it's so not an issue. I think it's a really good example of here. I happen to love this step. This is a great, great, great step. Again, please uh, think about a book that could be beneficial to us the next time we go through. We have, we have one more step here and then we're done. Unbelievable. I can't believe this. So I'd like, like everyone to help me pick another book. Again, the four choices we have are Positive Parenting. Self-discovery and recovery. When do the good things start? And addictive thinking and the addictive personality. Thank you so, so much for joining me on this journey and this new endeavor that I've taken on. I really appreciate everyone that reaches out. And again, anyone that has any suggestions for either an editor or a producer would be greatly appreciated. Koshercounseling at gmail.com. Have a good day.